Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You have offended this podcast and you have offended the entire movie making community. We'll show him Chinese boxing. Yeah. Chinese boxing. Yeah. And welcome once again to You Have Offended This Podcast, where we look at martial arts movies and make some funny comments on them. My name is always Mike McCarran. With me is the man who knows that movement number one means that the dragon seeks his path. It's Chad Lindsay. What's up, buddy? Well, actually, it's movement number four, but yeah, how's it going, baby? I thought movement number four was dragon whips his tail. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I lost track. We're off to to a bad start. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. We actually, neither of us have seen this movie before. (laughs) Yeah. Let's check out this Bruce lie. (laughs) Right? Try some of this iced cream I've heard so much about. (laughs) Fuck, I love Mr. Burns. All right. So, yeah, obviously we're doing Bruce Lee's Way of the Dragon this week. Um, This is a 1972 third of the Bruce Lee movies of his sort of main I guess he did five kind of main movies we're obviously not going to count all the movies he did in Hong Kong or the ones he did when he was a kid but the five main kind of box set movies Way of the Dragon again it started super low this was the first movie Bruce Lee directed himself he did two prior to this Chinese Connection and Fists of Fury this is the first one he directed himself on a budget of only $130,000 yeah and most of that went to well, actually, they didn't. They just sneaked into the Roman Colosseum. I was like, most of them went to the <laughs> elaborate sets of the Roman Colosseum that they just sneaked into and filmed and then flipped off. Fabricated in Hong Kong later. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that was hilarious when I found that. That uh, I can't remember when I read that years ago, but I remember they had no permits to film at the Colosseum, so they literally bribed guards <laughs> to yeah. sneak in. And f- film that stupid, you know, when he's running around and like Chuck Norris is leaning over the thing and you hear the hose voiceover of the Tang Long, the man just you saw is going to kill you. <laughs> that is the most over the top villain. Oh, he's fucking fantastic. Film. <laughs> but uh, seriously, you know, like the whole movement number four and all that stuff, you and I have watched this film hundreds of times oh my god easy yeah this is probably the bruce lee well this is definitely the bruce lee film that i have watched the most it is my favorite Mm. um i rank it higher than enter the dragon even though i love love that film Uh, this one just feels so bruce lee to me uh it just feels like he's got his you know hands all over it and it is uh undoubtedly my my favorite film of his Yeah, this is the one where you can really see the expression of what he thinks about the martial arts kind of stamped all over it. And it comes out in the fights. It comes out. I mean, we're going to get into it later when we talk sort of in depth about the fights. But but you really get the sense that he was in control, whereas with Enter, obviously, you know, Robert Klaus and the whole, you know, the tournament setting on the on the island with Mr. Han and all that stuff. That's awesome. But the way Bruce adapts the martial arts in this, there's this interesting thing I read. I, I read Matthew Pauly's biography of Bruce Lee a while ago, and I kind of went back to it to kind of look at the sections on this movie again. And uh, one of the things that he was talking about in here was that you can really see 
how Bruce Lee took his martial art philosophy of Jeet Kune Do and really kind of put it into the film and specifically into the fight with Chuck Norris. With Chuck? Yeah, we can definitely get into that. But because that, let's not talk about it, but just go yeah. over it very briefly. That fight with him and Chuck Norris, where there is literally zero dialogue, uh, mm-hmm. it is a story and a film in and of itself. Yeah. And I think I know what you're talking about, and you probably know what I'm talking about. Basically, how that fight starts and ends is yep. really Bruce Lee's story. And it it's incredible. And we haven't talked about it, but we both we're both putting down the same vibe here. Yeah. As you watch that fight unfold and it's it's amazing. So yeah, let's let's uh let's get into it because it's this is a juicy one. Oh, this is really good. Yeah, this is this is the shit right here. So, all right, I broke this into five sections, sort of as normal. We can kind of roll through it and, and uh, you know, go on offshoots as we need to. But chunk number one, I have, uh, we're in Rome. We have a Chinese restaurant in Rome. It's threatened by the Italian mom, mob. Uncle Wang sends to China for help, and he ends up getting Tang Lung. Uh, he is sort of, quote unquote, from the country. And Rome is kind of disorienting for him. He's kind of a fish out of water. The staff don't really think he's going to be able to help with the restaurant. Uh, Tang Lung sees that the guys, the the waiters, have started learning karate from, I guess, books or whatever. Um, but Ah Quen, who is one of the the guys, prefers Chinese boxing, and Tang Lung says to him that he should learn anything that's going to help him. You mentioned earlier today when we were chatting about how there's very little dialogue in the first, I don't know, probably five minutes of this movie when Tang Lung bruce lee arrives at the airport yeah because my freaking blu-ray was across town at my studio so i said ah oh, geez i'll just rent it because it's going to be like half an hour there and back so i actually uh rented and rented the the chinese version and i didn't realize it was the chinese version <laughs> until like 20 minutes in because there's no dialogue in the first 20 minutes of the film and i was like oh geez i got this on the wrong language and i actually got the there, there was no language choice, so I ended up driving over to get my uh, to get my Blu-ray. <laughs> All there is is that do 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 It's it's, it's so awesome. Yeah. Like you, it's it, it is very Pink Panther. Goddamn, it's it sticks in my head. After I watch this movie, I'm humming that shit for days. Like it just sticks in my head. That's I don't know why. Thing. And and you're walking, you're listening to it, and you're like, this music sucks. And yeah, but then yeah. later you're like making a sandwich and you're like, dashing around the kitchen in your robe, <laughs> like a, like you're at the playboy mansion, getting ready to go into the grotto. I love that you put me in a fucking robe. <laughs> yeah. Well, sashaying around the kitchen in your robe. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> but yeah. The opening. And this is the other thing that, that, <laughs> Bruce Lee, before we get into this, Bruce Lee in all of his movies, especially the ones that, you know, even the ones that Lo Wei directed, um, he is first and foremost a character. And first and foremost, it's a film and it is a story. And he doesn't play the invincible dude right out the hop. Like he will let things develop. And in this particular film, again, that first 20 minutes, he's just... They're they're showing 
that he is not the perfect character. They're showing all of his faults, his awkwardness. Like even at the very beginning when he's in the airport and that Italian lady is like staring at him, like, you know, the close talker. (laughs) And he doesn't know what to do. Right. And he can't speak to her. He can't say, hey, you bother me, old lady. Frig off. Get out of here. He just lets that awkwardness uh, sit and soak and yep. that's what that's that's what i like about it because in in none of his movies is he kicking ass in act one no no it's very very rare for him to get into a fight early that that stuff builds and the tension they, they need to find out okay who are the bad guys here what's going on what are the stakes yes yeah what are the stakes and and to sort of establish the bad guys as being kind of a credible threat mm. so that he can defeat them you know, like the, the, in yeah, this so when movie. he does defeat them, it's it's that much better. And, you know, that that even goes back to the to the big boss or Fist of Fury, wherever, you know, you're looking at the release. Yeah. You know, he's wearing that necklace, which is, you know, a, an allegory to him making his promise not to fight. And when that physically gets ripped off and he's just like, Rah! and there's like, bah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he just starts, he just starts wiping the walls with those little ice factory workers. Yep. And, and it's an amazing moment. And, and he understands that. And that's exactly how he sets this film up. Um, he's walking around and, and the funny thing is when I played my Blu-ray, um, his stomach is growling like crazy in the international one that I watched today. But yeah. those sounds aren't nearly as audible in the North American version, which I have. So his stomach That's is crazy, just growling. Really? Like he's standing there and it's just like, it's just like his stomach's growling like crazy because he's he's hungry. And that's what leads him to go into the, the restaurant, which wasn't on the VHS version that I owned when I, I bought the VHS uh, box set version. Yes the four films those scenes weren't in it there's quite a few scenes on the blu-ray that were not in the vhs version when i owned them when i was a kid yeah i remember i remember watching it when i was younger and him just sort of stopping kind of holding his stomach and looking hungry and then he goes in but you can't really hear his stomach per se which is weird because like the whole film was shot on 35 millimeter with no sound like none of the sound is there all that shit's dubbed so yeah which is pretty amazing they even did that with enter and yeah. the one thing, and I mean, like, we haven't even gotten into the movie. We just love this dude so much. I know, right? <laughs> there, were, there were people from Hollywood working on Enter the Dragon, which was, you know, obviously a Warner Brothers picture, when they were surprised that the professionals on set made everything by hand. So they're like, okay, we're yeah. going to, you know, the uh, the Lost Drunken Men uh, scene in Enter the Dragon. Yes. Yeah. Those bars, they, they, they just those were made out of wood they're just like put them on a lathe we'll make all the bars yep and then they they painted them like they legit make everything like whatever you need there's dudes there with skills that will literally make it on site yeah. and yeah. like the warner brothers guys were like what the hell is going on and they're just like <laughs> why don't you guys just buy a cake for everything somebody probably yeah. made those apples that uh the darts flew into <laughs> shot out of the air <laughs> yeah yeah I, I also found it funny that like not funny but interesting because we keep talking about way of the dragon and versus return of the dragon like this film had two titles it was it this film was initially titled enter the dragon because this was his first film his directorial debut but then he had to change that because he got the hollywood release with warner he wanted Brothers. to use it for that yeah 
Yeah, and he used it for that and changed it to Enter the Dragon for that. And then that backed up to this one, which ended up being Return of the Dragon or in some instances Way of the Dragon, depending on uh, on where you go from. I think it's kind of funny too, Tang Lung. I didn't know this. I looked this up and this came out of uh, out of Matthew Pauly's book. Tang Lung means China Dragon. And the film's name in Chinese, this film, it means Powerful Dragon Crosses the Sea, which I thought was oh. kind of cool. Because he's obviously crossing the sea to go to Rome and, and kick all that different type of ass. Well, I mean, he's not just an amazing martial artist, but an actor and obviously incredible at storytelling because he did a great one here. So, yeah, let's jump into this bad boy because I'm I'm salivating. I love this. Movie. Oh, and he's yeah, you can see that the, the history of his childhood acting come through that he's he's done so much acting in the past in Hong Kong and stuff. And here when he comes through and he meets he meets uh, uh, Chen Ching, Nora Miao's character. And, you know, they're going outside and he, he stops when he gets in the car and he's so overwhelmed by Rome and by another country because he's obviously from the Chinese countryside. He's never been outside of China. And now he's in Rome, this giant other city, and he's never been there and he's freaked out. But he's got such this ego in this face that he wants to seem in control and like he knows what he's doing. So he goes outside. And he's got that scene where he sees her car. BMW. Mustang. Mm, it's a Rolls. And she's like, just get in the goddamn car, please. Just get in the fucking car. <laughs> Her face is awesome in that scene. Yeah. And then she drives him to the, uh, I think, I can't remember if she takes him to the apartment first or to the restaurant first, but wherever she takes him. He kind of gets screwed up by Rome and stuff and, and overwhelmed. But then the staff at the restaurant, they kind of look at him because when they take him to the restaurant, he ends up, Nora Miao's character, Chen Ching, is like, oh, the boys are out back. They're they're trying to train and stuff to protect themselves from these gangsters. And he walks out. And the hysterical thing, you walk out and, and Aken is taking him out in the back. And the boys are all, they're all wearing like, I think three of them have black belts on and two of them have white belts on. When they're doing their karate and they all walk over to say hi to him and they're literally right in front of him. And, uh, the dude that plays Tony calls everybody over and goes, Hey, come over here. He doesn't look too great to me. Hey, can you box? Come over here. And he looks at them and he goes, he doesn't look like very much. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, right in front of him. Right. <laughs> But that was the thing that was so cool. Like he didn't, he didn't really feel the need to like his character. Tang Lung didn't really feel the need to prove himself. He's obviously, he's acting very awkward. And even later in, before he shows how great of a a fighter he is, you know, he's sitting at a table by himself pouting. And you can see, you remember all those scenes of Bruce Lee when he was acting as a little boy, right? You know, he's making those those little angry Bruce Lee boy, little mm-hmm. boy faces and stuff. Um, yep. And, and I think that's great that they basically just, they always hold that character back, which I, with with this thing is great. And even when they introduce themselves, it's like, I'm Tony, Jimmy. Like I loved, <laughs> I love the dubs that they have on that too, which is. And when the guy goes, you know, I have no English name. Just call me Quentin. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's great. It's so fucking funny. And uh, yeah. And again, this is where you get that first, kind of philosophical interjection of Bruce Lee's ideas 
himself as a director when the the guys are learning karate, but Ah Quain, he says, how come you're not doing it? How about you? Ah, uh, it's foreign. Mm-mm. It doesn't interest me. Foreign or not, if it helps you to look after yourself when you're in a fight, then you should learn to use it. It doesn't matter at all where it comes from. You should realize that. Yeah. And in yeah. 72 or 73 and the attitude around martial arts like that was verboten man you don't do that shit you stick with your style and you're loyal to it yeah and i mean we're living in the era of mixed martial arts but i mean you and i remember when the ufc first came out and mm-hmm. it was very much it was the exact opposite it wasn't called mixed martial arts it, it could no. be mixed because it was karate versus boxing what is the best martial art you know yeah. and the, that would have been I don't know, 92? What was that? 92, 93? The first 92, UFC 93, game? yeah. I forget which year. Yeah. I think it was 93 if I remember right. But but yeah, it was it was style versus style. It wasn't man versus man. Yeah, this is 20 years prior to even that. So yeah, it, it, it may sound fairly like normal uh, now to martial artists. Like, yeah, foreign or not, it doesn't matter. You have to learn it to be able to you know protect yourself. But at that time, like you said, it's very, very different. And the other thing that that I'll just throw in really, really quickly is when the uh, the the scene uh, with the prostitute. She didn't even really want to be in this movie, apparently, but they they talked her into it because they knew it was going to be big uh, in in China and in in the whole you know world. And uh, yeah, I I remember they Bruce put the the topless scene because initially when she's sitting on the the bench there with Nora Meow and Bruce, and she's giving him the speech about, hey, man, things are different here. You know, when people smile at you, smile back. The foreigners here are quite friendly. You'll see. When people smile, you smile back. It's only right. And when they put their arm around you, they're being friendly. It's okay. You should behave in just the same way. So remember that. And be nice. If they put their arm around you, they're just trying to be friendly. And she's trying to pick him up. And he's very awkwardly <laughs> trying to do it back. But then in, in that version, yes, there's the part where she comes out naked after obviously, you know, taking advantage of him, I guess. And probably getting a bunch of money. Yeah, from but him. what's funny is he she comes out naked and he runs away. But in the cut that I saw, like, he walks off with her. And then they show him showing up to the apartment. And Achun comes out and he's like, Alung. Where did you go just now? Yes. And he just looks to the floor awkwardly, yes. like he's embarrassed. And I'm like, oh, man, he totally wrecked yeah. <laughs> it. But, you know, in actuality, in this cut, he did not. Yes. Well, and, and in the cut that I have, just the normal box set set of the DVDs, he sh- she comes over and puts the, the Melissa Longo come over and puts her arm around Bruce and he puts his arm around her. And Chen Ching, Nora Miao, is like, oh, God. And then they kind of cut. And then he goes to the apartment and and... Aquen gives him the same speech of like, hey, where were you just now? And he looks at the floor like, oh, right. yeah. but you kind of don't know what he did. Like, they really leave that up in the air in this cut without without yeah. that in it, right? Um, yeah, in the previous cut, I, I thought that he hooked up with her and I was like, yeah, good yeah, for you. Yeah, knock yourself Tang Lung. Tang Lung. That's why they call him Tang Lung. <laughs> <laughs> That's not just the only meaning of Chinese dragon or whatever that China dragon. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's let's get into the good stuff. I I took us on a stupid departure. Uh, it's all good. So that's kind of that ends up wrapping up the first little section. The second section gets into it where the gangsters show up and they end up beating up the boys while Tang Lung is in the bathroom. And when they try to leave, um Tang Lung just thinks that they're customers, so he ends up apologizing for bumping into Ho, who is sort of the underling gangster. 
And the boys are like, what the hell are you going to do to help us? Like, you don't even know what's going on here. And Bruce has this super, super pouty face. And then the gangsters end up coming back very quickly. And Bruce is very annoyed at this point by what happened. So they take them out into the back alley. Um, the gangsters whoop one of the guys, but then Tang Lung beats everybody up. All f- I think there's four of them. And then the boys decide, because of that, to train under Tang Lung, doing Chinese boxing. Chen Ching takes Tang Lung on a city tour after that. Tang Lung decides that uh, he wouldn't really like that. He would like to not have fountains and pretty things. He would like to develop the city and make some money. So we'll go through the first of the fight scenes here, I guess. Let's go back to when the when the gangsters show up, because that's incredible. It is incredible. Tang Lung is in the bathroom, and the gangsters walk in. The leader of the gangsters, like, not the, not the main bad guy, but the Asian guy that comes in dressed like Curious George <laughs> with his goofy little hat and his vest yep. um, and his wayward and askew teeth. <laughs> He is incredible. I love that He's guy. He's the greatest guy Dang ever. On. That's a, is about to kill you. He is the best. Yes, okay. that's uh that's Paul Wei Ping Ao. That's his name, the guy that plays Ho. Yeah, I thought he was great because he was a good villain from the standpoint that he's not the menacing villain, but you just every time you see him, you want to smash him in the face. He's like <laughs> he's like um he's like an Asian Steve Buscemi. Yes. Yes. Right? He's kind of funny looking and he's got a weird mouth and everything, but uh, he's so like over the top in his mannerisms and his dress and everything. Then you've got other guys that just look like guys that they just picked up that, you know, may have been, you know, in the area that they just grabbed. (laughs) Like, hey, let's get a bunch of guys to play Italian thugs. There's a guy standing right by the front door. He looks like Barry Gibb. (laughs) Yes. In like a hospital outfit. Yes, I saw that guy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing that I love about this film is that the villains just, I mean, they're just like, Hey, like, like what, what, what do you got? Let's just get whatever we've got. We'll put them in there. Bruce is going to kick the ever loved shit out of them and, <laughs> and go from there. I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. That scene, you know, the guys walk in, they, 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 they end up whooping uh, a couple of the guys, if I'm not mistaken. And and yeah, well, well, you got to go. You got you got to be very specific on this because when when they go back, don't they just don't they just straight snap Jimmy? Oh, because like, Jimmy does that when he walks out. Um, <laughs> he does that big like hoi, oh! all these little poses and deep breaths yeah. and shit. And the Italian guy, that's, the fat guy with the, the uh, with the sort of goatee, he's like, yeah. All right. He's going to lick his lips yeah, like, ah, I, here yeah, we go. I, <laughs> I, I, skipped, I skipped a little bit ahead. So, yeah, when they first come in, they're leaving and, and Tang Lung does apologize to them. And then they and then they just walk out and then they cut back to the restaurant later that day. And Tang Lung's sitting by himself with those big pouty yes. lips that I mentioned before. He's just like, God damn it. I should have, you know, I should have kicked the shit out of those guys, <laughs> but I didn't. And now I have to sit at my own table. Like it's, he's, a, he's a great actor. Like again, just with his face, I just thought it was fantastic. And then the thugs come back in the evening and that's with the, that's with the, uh, the Chinese spare yeah, ribs. I, I was just going to say, I, I didn't want to jump to my... the fight scene without talking about them yeah. at the table. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's do that at the table. Holy because he's fuck. like, may I help you? May you help me? Sure. I'd like some Chinese spare ribs. Chinese spare ribs? 
You mean to tell me you you don't know what Chinese spare ribs are? Mm-mm. <laughs> well, let me show you, man. <laughs> hey, what's going on? May you help me? <laughs> like that. That is amazing. That scene is so good. And the funny thing is, when I mentioned this, I said they shot the whole thing on 35 mil with no with no uh sound. They came in after they dubbed all the voices. Bruce wanted to come in and dub his own voice. And apparently he just sucked at it and he wasn't good and he was holding up the process. So the other voice actors were like, look, man, you need to fuck off. Like, you need to get out of here because you're holding us up. And he was kind of pouty about that and didn't want to, like, he wanted to do something. So this, this black dude in the restaurant that says the Chinese spare ribs, he dubbed that dude's voice. So I don't know if they left that in the final version or not. There is, there is, there is no way they that did. doesn't sound like Bruce Lee. On it too. And they were like, they were like, oh, Bruce Lee. Somebody said Bruce Lee dubbed all of the English voices, and I was like, the fuck? Yeah, he no, did? he didn't. Like, no. I, I don't care. I don't care what this article states. There is no way because I have heard Bruce Lee's real voice, and and he is none of these guys. No, and that's uh, that's the them. thing. Like, I'm when I read that in Paulie's book that he he was allowed to dub this particular dude's voice with the Chinese spare ribs. And I'm trying to put that voice on the guy in the Pierre Burton interview. And I'm like, okay, that's not, that doesn't match. That doesn't match up at all. So they must have let him do it and then changed it afterwards to another guy. So, oh, they most definitely Because that did. does not sound like Bruce Lee. That is like, that is like David Prowse and James Earl Jones as Darth Vader. Like, they're <laughs> right? that different. So there is. Like, I'm sitting there and I, I read that and I was just like, oh, that is not true. Or right. or the versions, any of the versions that I have watched, it is not Bruce Lee. It's a, it is know, the difference between, like, you know, you've disappointed me for the last time, governor. And James Earl Jones saying, you've disappointed me for the last time. <laughs> I like how I like how in your David Brown version of Darth Vader, he refers to him as governor. <laughs> Give me a point of the black stuff, eh? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Darth, Darth Vader, the soccer movie. <laughs> right? Hey, Leia, you like Alderaan, do you? All right. <laughs> Shame if something would happen to it. Right. Do you know many people there, do you? All right. Better say goodbye, then. Yeah. yeah, so there's no way he yeah, did that voice. That, there's no that way. Guy, yeah, there's no way. That guy that did the Chinese spare ribs is awesome. And the and the, just the, the villains, the way they cackle and laugh. I love it. It's the greatest. I, I, I love it. It's so bad, but it's amazing. That's actually, you know what? That's one thing I wanted to bring up is because I was looking at the DVDs of this on Amazon and looking at kind of the reviews of it. And there's a bunch of people like us that are like, Oh, this is the greatest movie ever. I love this. My favorite movie. And there's a bunch of other people that are like, this movie's terrible. Like this movie's really terrible. Like how do people love this movie? And the more I, you know, you think about it, if you're, if you're just a person watching a movie and you're not kind of in the martial arts movie realm, if you watch, you know, any of Bruce Lee's movies, if you watch black belt Jones, if you watch, any of these older martial arts movies, you're going to think they're shitty movies because you're not kind of tuned in to the pulse of sort of the cultural change or the martial arts changes within the dialogue or the fights themselves. And that, yeah, okay, technically they're not great movies. Like, you know, okay, yeah, in 
in Fists of Fury when he kicks the guy through the wall and there's a fucking wily e. coyote cut out of the guy in the barn wall. <laughs> like, yes, that's stupid. I'll grant you that. But yeah, when you get to the fight scenes, you really see these movies shine. And there's 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 not many fight scenes even today that you can put up against any of these Bruce Lee fight scenes, particularly this movie, that are going to hold up mm. at the same level. Yeah, there's there's so much going on in Hollywood today where they're you know like they're they're using camera angles and shaky cam and super fast cuts. But as we'll discuss in just a few minutes, there's some wide shots. Yeah, there's some full on wide shots like Stanley Kubrick wide shots yep. of him performing and. There's no cover-ups. There's there's nothing. You're just looking at the raw kicks, and you're just looking at him sending a guy straight out of frame on yep. a goddamn 16 millimeter wide shot. But let's yeah, let's continue with this little uh, gangster scene in the rest. Yeah, because so they go out, and one of the funny. I hate to sidebar quickly again, very quickly. There's a lot of humor in this movie. From from the way Tong Lung acts in the beginning to, to the mm. part right now where they go into the alley to fight and Jimmy steps up to fight the heavyset Italian gangster and he does his little, you know, martial artsy opening with the heavy breathing in the forms and the Italian gangster just flatlines him with one punch that's crappy and then the, the, the African-American dude rocks up behind him and goes, Chinese boxing. <laughs> Bastard. Chinese boxing and they go ah! <laughs> like, <laughs> in one of the fucking yeah. funniest moments of the film this movie yeah. really really was the first one to put together martial arts and comedy and make the martial arts comedy genre that Jackie Chan kind of went on to really put a put a stamp on as sort of his oeuvre if you will yeah you know what I mean like Jet Li and Jackie Chan came up as you know Chinese opera entertainers and and they really put their stamp on that. Bruce Lee started, he's a martial artist. First and foremost, he's a martial artist. And then he learned the filmmaking business as sort of an addendum to that. So his whole focus is the martial arts, which is why you get exactly what you just said. You know, he knocks out, the Italian guy knocks out Jimmy. And then Alung, or not, I'm sorry, not Alung, Ken or whatever. Um, you know, Chinese boxing. We'll, we'll show them one day, those bastards. And... oh. Well, the funny thing is, I say that all the time because, <laughs> like, I I will say that because I I will say, hmm, lousy bastards, we'll get him in the end. <laughs> right? If only I knew how. Like, I do that all the time. Like, I legit say that like weekly, right? Just somebody will do something that'll piss me off, and somebody will say, "Oh, so and so just did that," and I'll just look at them and like, "We'll get him in the end, <laughs> oh, those bastards." If only I knew how. Wow. And and they they they. Nobody ever has picked up on it. I have said that literally thousands of times, and people just look at me like I'm nuts, right? I was like, it's hysterical. I love that dude. I'm I'm waiting for the moment for somebody to actually recognize that I'm actually saying a line from just film, burst out laughing, right? I, I love it when Tony's just like, I'll go, and then then when he walks in and he's like, going, we'll sh he goes, wait, we'll show them Chinese boxing, <laughs> and okay, and, and yeah. Chinese boxing. <laughs> and then they both go. Uh. And then, he does that little slap yeah, back. They, just, they slap each other <laughs> in their chest. And then they just kind of give each other like the, the upwards nod. Yep. You know, like that aggressive <laughs> dude. Up, yep. You know, like you have the downward nod of respect and the upwards nod of, yeah, let's let's get this shit off, going. Yeah. <laughs> um, he does the upwards chin nod. 
I loved it. And then, you know, Bruce does that northern kung fu type flurry. Yeah, with right? a little come like, hand. Yeah, it's it's it looked it, it's reminiscent to me of very northern kung fu, not so much the Wing Chun style, which is southern. But yeah. Anyhow, and then he just does that roundhouse kick, and it he kicks the Italian guy like with a roundhouse kick in the back, <laughs> like I just <laughs> and drops him. Like they're facing each other. Yeah, I, I I thought it was great. Yeah, this was an amazing fight scene just to get the to to get the 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 movie going and you know you're you're a half hour in they just do a half hour setup before bruce lee starts uh kicking ass it's awesome and he knocks the first heavy set dude out and then the other the other black dude is going to go and i think it's the other one of the other two guys is going to go and the skinny chinese spare ribs guy goes no no i'll go and then you hear the little yes yeah that is incredibly racist racist right when I was a kid, I saw this movie for the first time when I was like eleven, and even I was just like, "Oh, oh, they're gonna play, they're gonna play a little bit of soul music as soon as the black guy gets up." Like, <laughs> their hi hat there. That's, that's that's a bit much. <laughs> and his little that's... quick jabs, and Bruce takes him out. And then I have shown this particular scene to so many people because yes, I know. holy yeah. shit, yeah. he's sitting on the black dude, and the other two guys come forward. And as they kick him, he blocks the kick and throws the one dude away, the the, the, the other black dude. And he drops the, the skinny, blue-shirted white dude, gets up, drops the black dude, and then does a sidekick on the blue-shirted white dude that sends him, as you mentioned, fucking out of frame. And if you watch that in frame by frame... Which I did. There's no he didn't have. There's no way he had a pull on him. Bruce kicked that dude, and I'm sure that was the no, last dude's he, la- last day of filming. Yeah, no, he kicked him out of the frame <laughs> on a super wide shot. And you and I, because I remember we were at my house, and we rewound that goddamn tape so many times, and we were just like, "Let's watch it again. Let's watch it." Did he again. really kick him? Because that guy. Whatever movie they were filming on the set next door, but it, like whatever it was, like Chinese carnival or whatever, there's a bunch of people doing a fucking song and dance number. I swear to God, a guy in a blue shirt came flying into their set and ruined the take because Bruce Lee kicked that guy into another movie. There's a there's a cutting room floor piece of celluloid somewhere. With some like dance scene in a hall somewhere, and then some skinny hippie in a blue shirt comes flying through the fucking wall. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody please make that. Oh my like they're God. doing the Chinese version of singing in the rain, right? <laughs> and they're just like, do, 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 do. boom, through the wall. Oh my God. He, he wrote oh, that guy. He, he wrote yeah, him. There's no way that guy didn't get hurt. There's no way. It's one of my favorite no it's it's legit one of my favorite things because he he really kicked him. oh yeah like he, like that like you said there was no wires there was nothing it's just like i'm gonna kick this motherfucker in the chest and it's I'm not like he was it. wearing padding he weighed he was six foot two and he weighed 132 pounds like you'd oh, see yeah. padding under his shirt yeah, he was wearing that skin tight tie dyed shirt. Right? right? He was wearing was the Black Belt skinny. Jones shirt. Yeah. yeah, this guy runs around the shower to get wet in the morning. He's that skinny. And Bruce Lee, the 120 or 130 pounds that he weighed, 
it was just like it was just like getting hit with a 130 pound bag of potatoes <laughs> you know one from a cannon that dude was that dude was dead he was off for a week oh that stuntman earned every every penny of his per diem that day oh i i doubt he was a stuntman he was probably just some <laughs> tourist or like an american soldier hey you want to be in a movie Somebody, hey man you want to be in a bruce lee movie <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I got a couple days to kill. Bruce who? Yeah, yeah you got a couple days to kill, all right? <laughs> just Bruce like, who? Just like, just like Getty Lee. Getty Lee on the <laughs> Strange Brew album. Thanks for coming down, Getty Lee. Hey, 10 bucks is 10 bucks. Right? Like, that's what this guy, the game is 10 bucks. He right? the shit out of him. <laughs> Holy he, fuck. He immediately that spent that scene. $10 on ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then... The very next day, they they get up and they go out to train again because they all want to train with Tong Lung. And fucking Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy's like... Everyone says you're fast and very powerful. But I didn't see those things last night. But you told us you've got to learn how to use your hips and legs properly. Well, then, let's see you do it. Hey, you keep quiet. Oh, Jimmy's such an ass. Bitch, you were knocked out, Jimmy. <laughs> you were KO'd, motherfucker. You... Yeah. Back in the 90s, back in the 90s, you and I used to call that sky nipples. <laughs> like, Jimmy went sky nipples because he was on his back and his nipples were pointed directly at the sky. Like, directly at the sky. He wasn't, like, huddled in the corner. No, he was flat on his back. <laughs> my, yeah. my dad, when he was younger, knew a boxer that was terrible. And they used to nickname him canvas back burton <laughs> yeah it's the same thing fucking jimmy was out cold but then in this scene where bruce is showing them his you know chinese boxing power this is another one. Oh man even even his even his little warm-up roundhouse kicks yeah like i know there's there's sound effects and stuff in there but he's he's just lacing those Dude, in. mute that mute the video and watch it Without any sound. You can tell he's smashing that dude. Yeah, he is smashing it. And here's another guy that goes to the goddamn hospital. <laughs> like, right? <laughs> this guy holding yeah. holding the kick pad, and you can see him swallow like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> like, he's trying to hold it. And I, yeah. I love they have the two dudes that are, you know, I guess, quote unquote, white belts, holding the pads for Bruce so the other guys can watch him. And he sidekicks this dude. And again, wide shot. You can see the stepping. You can see the jumping sidekick, and he's look at the smashes. goddamn travel, right? The goddamn travel. I rewound that and watched that like a million times. And you know what? I also did. I also paused it the second that that kick made impact. <laughs> yeah. And Buddy's face, Buddy's face, like his 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 face is like screaming, and you can count his teeth on on the Blu-ray. You can really see the fear in his face, right? On the VHS. You were really limited. His face was just kind of blurry. You can you can pause but it and the, see the, the moment where his heart breaks on the Blu-ray. Like his face is just like, <laughs> like he hammers him. Yeah, and he gets flown into the into the cardboard boxes. into the safety boxes. Right again, like uh, the thing that I I was most impressed with was when you know the distance that he traveled to launch that kick, yeah. and then and his. When his foot lands, like it is planted solid, and he sends that guy flying. Yeah, it's it's 
I'm again, Bruce Lee's done like two major kicks so far in the film. We're about 40 minutes in and he's basically killed two actors. <laughs> right? And you can you can see the difference here too in the filming style between another great movie that we've done, Best of the Best, when Tommy's remember in Best of the Best, Tommy's annoyed and he goes to kick the pad and he wrecks the the guy with the glasses in the movie. I forget his name. The first time he yeah. really kicks the pad and does that little heel twist thing. They don't film yes. it the same way as they film this, where they show the kick in wide from side on where you actually see him blast it. And I love Best of the Best. It's an awesome movie. But the difference between that kick and this kick are night and day. Yeah, and, and I and I think that Bruce Lee really understands that. And again, he traveled a great distance just to perform the kick. And then the other cat goes flying into that stack of cardboard boxes conveniently placed out yep. there. But he goes flying a fair distance, too. So, you know, you can just imagine Bruce Lee saying, like, we need a wide shot for this because I'm going to go from the left of the screen <laughs> to the center. And then this cat in the center of the screen is going to go to the right. So I need the widest goddamn lens you can get because I got lethal legs, man. Like, let's let's get that get that wide lens. And on. This there. cat here is going to fly through them boxes over there. Exactly. Holy shit. So, yeah. Um, so that kind of caps the second part. Section number three here is Ho and a bunch of the armed thugs now come back to the restaurant. This is after Chen Ching takes Bruce on the sort of tour of Rome and shows him around. Ho comes back. They take Tong Lung. They're beating up sort of the, the restaurant staff. They take Tong Lung when he arrives. They threaten him with the guns. The big boss is actually there. The big boss is played by John T. Ben, the, the sort of English looking dude that's really thin. He's there. They send some thugs out in the back to give Tong Lung the plane ticket back to Hong Kong and get him out of their hair into the alley. They tell him to get rid of him. No guns, no fighting, no anything like that. Uh, Bruce goes back, kicks the shit out of those guys, comes back in and beats up the rest of the guys in the restaurant, threatens Ho and the boss. The staff end up celebrating, but the boss threatens to kill Tong Lung by Chinese New Year if he doesn't leave Rome. Uh, Uncle Wang here is is sort of wants to get uh, Chen Ching to send Tong Lung home or convince him to go home. So this is another, again, big section with an iconic fight scene in it. I just want to go back and talk for a yeah. quick second about, you, know, you mentioned yeah. guns. One of the things that I really like about this film is, you know, it's done in, you know, present day of, you know, of, you know, 1972, but they handle guns really well because when they go back to the apartment, uh, we see the first gun pointed at him. Yes. Right. And, you know, you've got the black guy there who's dressed like he's in the nation of Islam with his bow tie and he's got his gun and he's like, <laughs> my boss wants to see you. And Bruce, you know, kicks the shit out of him, uh, throws the dart in his hand. Jumps up. Yeah, he throws the dart in his hand because earlier he says, hey, can I buy a gun around here? And you think that he's going to buy a gun. But no, he's just concerned about guns. Yeah, and especially when Chen Ching goes, yeah, yeah, you can buy a gun whenever you want. Yeah, and he's like, hmm. So that's when he makes the darts. Buddy has a gun. He throws the dart into Buddy's hand, you know, and he picks the gun up and throws it away because <laughs> he's, he's not concerned with using guns himself. You know, he just throws it out the window and looks at her and goes, see ya. And goes <laughs> Which is to bed the greatest thing after, ever. After <laughs> Yeah, which is so badass, right? <laughs> but that's that's one of the things that I think he does really well here is is 
when the boss later says, you know, take them outside and no, you know, make sure nobody sees the guns. Right. So at the very least, the guys don't have guns. Like, so, you know, he's, he's very cognizant of, you know, how a, a gun, you know, one guy with a gun would just start firing into a crowd of Tang Longs. Yeah. Right. So I just, I just think that it was just a, a nice touch to the film that he, that he did. And then let's get back to when the thugs show up at the restaurant again and uh, a Chen gets his chest sliced open with the knife and all of the gangsters are there and the bosses in the restaurant and, you know, they're making the, the, the big threat. But I just wanted to do that little sidebar. On yeah, I know for sure. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, they get there and they end up, yeah, cutting uh, Ah Chen's chest or shirt or whatever open. And then when Tang Lung shows up, they're they sort of hit him and beat him and they're threatening him with the gun and he knows like you said he knows he can't do anything in the face of a, a gun in his face so he just kind of takes the abuse until the boss starts slapping him around and then he holds he mm. does that you know the whack whack and then stops the hand and holds him there and yeah that was, oh, was badass it's such a good scene and then the boss is like okay take him outside give him the ticket and the the hoe tucks the ticket into his into his front jacket and oh you know oh my what rippling muscles <laughs> it's such yeah. a great scene <laughs> so then they send him out in the back with four or five guys i can't remember how many there are but there's knives and stuff there and the one heavy set italian guy has the gun but he's just threatening with him and this is where we really get to see bruce with weapons because he uses the staff initially where he hits the the initial guy the heavy set guy gets the gun out of the way and does smart things when you're fighting multiple people where he gets the staff and goes after their feet and swipes them and gets them all moving backwards, gives himself some space. Mm. I mean, you you do have the martial arts movie, I, I guess, conceit that you can smash somebody in the face with a stick and they're still going to come back for more. and The fight's not over because <laughs> that mm. shit would end a fight immediately. But he, he hits them with that. And then he he does his sort of uh, his one step up from his last movie because everybody at the time was asking oh bruce you used the nunchuck in your last movie what are you going to do in this movie this is the scene where he he ups that tally and he the first time he ever does the double nunchucks where he pulls out the one nunchuck and does the flourish and then more guys come out because the 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 fat italian yeah. guy stumbles back and goes oh boss that bastard got away and then all the rest of the guys come out with no guns and he pulls out the second nunchuck yeah so just to break that yep. down the the scene where they line up the music like bruce did the percussions for the soundtrack on this overall i think the soundtrack is pretty yep. shitty but in this particular scene uh like you said you've got the wave of bad guys come out and they've got the percussion like and he's like swings an uncheck and then a second wave of guys come out and they play the same sound and he pulls the second set of unchucks out you're just like oh man <laughs> like that that is done like it's choreographed well it's shot well it's executed well and it's edited well and it basically um sets the stage for okay this is going to be a, a, a straight up whoop ass yep. fight because like five guys come out he pulls out one set does his moves like four or five more guys come out he pulls out the second set and like the beat and the timing and the music is perfect and then you know el chubbo there is just like <laughs> get him and start sending them in and you know like they don't use guns here they have knives and he is just lacing through now we can talk about this scene for the rest of the goddamn podcast yeah. honestly because 
it's that good. But where do you want to go from here? Because yeah, I just want to take a couple of points in this fight because, yeah, like we said, we could spend the next hour on this. The the scene where again the 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 black dude, the Chinese spare ribs. That guy comes. Is it him? No. Who's tossing the knife back and forth? Uh, you're talking about the other the other black guy that does the yes, 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 at, at the, the office. End. He's yeah, tossing the knife that, that guy. from hand to hand. And Bruce, with the nunchucks, not faking it, as he tosses the knife from hand to hand, smashes the knife out of the air and then hits him in the leg and then takes him out. It's tremendous. Yes, because I remember rewinding that again like 20 yep. years ago. We were like, did he? And it was on VHS, so it was much harder to see back then. So again, I was I watched when I watched it again on the the Blu-ray, uh, you can really see it. But when he's tossing that knife back and forth and he just he slaps it out of the yep. air, it was it was so good. And there's a lot of sort of mythology like, built up around Bruce Lee now, um, to the point where I don't know if you saw it, but there's a there's a commercial from China. I think it's for a camera company or something like that, but it's it's a uh, uh, Bruce Lee playing ping pong against a guy, but Bruce is using nunchucks. Have you seen that? Oh yeah. But that's yeah, all yeah. fake, it's right? Fake, like that's all it's... fake. It's all Photoshop yeah. for the for the camera commercial or whatever it's for. So there's a lot of mythology built up around how good Bruce Lee actually was. And you can go way too far, but yeah. you can also take it to the point where he actually was, which is he's good enough to do that. I don't know how many takes it took, but he did that shit. You know what I mean? Mm. So he yeah. smacked that out of the air, takes that dude out. Um, there's a couple of really good takeouts of dudes in this. The one I just want to stop on is the last guy, which is the Italian dude, where he kind of tosses one set of nunchucks away and is just using one set. And the Italian guy picks up the stick and he ends up taking the stick away. And then the Italian guy picks up the nunchucks and has no clue how to use them <laughs> other than other mm. than the one thing from from uh, from Black Belt Jones, where the Italian guy is obliged to say, Mamma Mia. <laughs> yeah. But then he ends up yeah. knocking himself out with the nunchuck. Pretty great. Yeah. And the first time I saw that, like I said, I was like 11 or 12. That was the funniest goddamn thing I think I've seen oh, in my life up to ever. that point. I was just like, I laugh so hard. Like the the little boy, uh, the little boy version of me thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Right. Like, mama <laughs> mia. And then he like whacks himself in the head. So. I'm sure at the time when this film was released, like that was just comedy oh. gold, like, you know, so he does, he does an excellent job at, you know, putting, putting character and comedy into his martial arts film, even though those scenes are just incredible. And then right afterwards, everybody leaves and then, you know, they throw the thugs out the front door and then the door opens and it's a bunch <laughs> of people dining and Bruce Lee holds his, <laughs> holds his leg up. He's about to kick the Kick the actual pain. Whoa, 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 whoa. Those are customers. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Those are customers. Hey. Oh. All, the, all the waiters are laughing. Ah, chain's holding the gun <laughs> in the restaurant. Yeah. He's like, puts it away in his pocket or something. Yeah. When customers walk in. I'm telling you, <laughs> if I open the door to a Chinese restaurant and Bruce Lee almost kicks me into the face and then there's a whole bunch of people saying no and one guy's face is all bruised and he's holding a gun laughing. I'm like, eh. You, you guys feel like burgers? <laughs> yeah. I'm good without yeah. that. Oh, it's tremendous. And the, yeah, again, you get the, the Bruce Lee tucking this ticket back in the boss's tip pocket and getting that translational yeah. thing of you tell him you know, don't ever come back here, blah, 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 whatever. That's the part of the film that doesn't really work because 
you know, like they basically just dubbed everything into English in this particular yeah. film. So he's not he's not supposed to understand the boss. So when he's like, tell him, tell him to get the yeah. hell out. And then he's like, ah, he says that, that we should leave and not cause any more trouble. It doesn't quite make sense because everybody's speaking English, yeah. but you know, like it, once you're in tune to that, then you understand. And that's that. another reason I think why people will think, well, what the hell? This is a stupid movie. What the fuck? But if you, again, if you get it, you get it. Okay. Moving yeah. on to chapter four, the next part um, you get, Tong Lung refusing to leave. This is where you get the sniper who tries to kill him on New Year's Eve. Uh, Tong Lung goes across the street and gets him with the dart in the ass. When he comes back to the apartment, he sees that Chen is gone. He assumes she's been kidnapped, so he and the boys go to the boss's boss's office to get her back. And you end up with the big office fight. And Bruce, or Tong Lung, issues sort of the final warning to the boss of, you know, you better leave that restaurant alone. And then the boys are happy. Uh, Tang Lung gets called back to China. He says that he will not leave until everything is sorted out. Ho ends up uh, getting or calling Colt from the U.S., plus a Japanese karate master, to bring them in to defeat Tang. Uh, Ho leads Tang to the uh, staff. I'm sorry. Yeah, he, Ho leads the uh, Tang Lung and the staff to sort of an isolated area where uh, the, the Japanese guy and... Colt's student beat up Jimmy and Tony until Tong Lung steps in. He beats those guys up. He goes to the Coliseum and he ends up facing Colt. All right. So let's get, let's get into the, the office fight yeah. scene. Um, I really like the way that they like the, the office set looks great. Like it's a nice big yep. office. Cause obviously they have to brawl in it. So they <laughs> need a huge, like a ridiculously, like it's about, six times bigger than Tony Montana's office in Scarface. <laughs> it's like, this it's is like, really spacious. This is a nice office space. Wow, we should move in here. It's ostentatious, like, to ridiculous proportions. <laughs> but the thing that I like about this film is, you know, like, later we'll get into a little bit of the Roman Coliseum, but it's it's got a very Western cowboy feel to yeah. it. Um, so even when they're in the office and then all of a sudden you hear Bruce Lee, like, like he he comes into the room whistling and you know like they all stop and look up and there he is just just whistling as he just walked yep. in there that's such like a like a cowboy you know Sergio Leone type uh-huh. film um which he probably watched as well like you know when Bruce Lee did anything he always did it at a thousand percent he did nothing like half ass yep. so he probably watched like all the good movies he's like I'm going to put that in my movie yeah um but the office fight, and again, we're going to be asked to rate the martial arts in this film. Like the office fight is just, it's like typical to a lot of those Kung Fu movies where people are just flying, flying in and out of frame. And flailing yeah. And, yeah. And there's just, there's just a lot of real messy stuff <laughs> yeah. in here. But when uh, Tang Lung finishes off and, and Buddy's standing there in the doorway at the very end and he jumps up and kicks yep. the light. Like he legit jumps up and kicks the light. It's very yep. impressive. Overall, this particular fight scene is not that great, but you know, it gets it gets the job done and it's it's exciting. It pulls the plot forward. It is the weakest of the fight scenes in the movie for sure. It, it's interesting you mentioned the spaghetti western thing because Bruce Lee at the time was really kind of trying to model himself after Clint Eastwood. And he knew that Clint Eastwood really didn't make it. Yeah, oh, really? he really didn't make it in the States as an actor 
until he went over to Italy and made the Sergio Leone Spaghetti Westerns, right? He wanted to make this one as kind of his Spaghetti Eastern, he called it. And he really wanted to sort of model that Eastwood path of doing that and then coming back and being the hit in the United States. So that's where that came from. That's where that whole feel came from. You nailed it right on the head is, is what he was going for. Oh, because well, as soon as I saw him whistling, uh, it just that's, you know, that's it. It reminded me of those Sergio Leone uh, 100%. films. So, well, that's pretty cool. I didn't yeah, even no, know that's that. where it, so that's, that's where it came from. He was totally trying to model that off the Clint Eastwood career track. And, and go that route. So he, he does that. He ends up seeing the boss and Ho sort of tuck behind that wall and give them the... You're crazy. I'm warning you. Hey, Alon, don't bother yourself. Lay off. The, the final little, hey, you gotta leave this place alone. And gives him the yeah. what for. Lay, Lay off. off. And does the knuckle crack, which he does in everything. Even when he's working out yeah. on the patio on the patio, on the balcony. Yeah. And you hear the, he, he's not doing anything that would crack a knuckle, but everything's cracking. <laughs> yeah. It's cr- tremendous. So they leave and it, you know, the, the sort of small plot point of Tang Lung being called back to China, but he's not going to leave. And this is where we get Ho telling the boss, Hey man, I've got this Japanese guy um, who's going to come in. Who's actually a Korean dude, but I got this Japanese guy that's going to mm-hmm. kick um, his ass, but you should call America for Colt. And you get the cold, mm. and then you get the cut to very 70s looking big Chuck Norris coming through. And now we have the, the, the sort of confrontation when Bob Wall wasn't even supposed to be in this movie. Like Bob, he, Bruce Lee got Chuck Norris to come in as sort of the heavy. And Chuck Norris and Bob Wall worked together and were business partners. And Bob Wall was Chuck Norris's student. And when Chuck was going to Italy to be in this movie, Bob Wall basically said, hey, man, you're my business partner. Like, fuck you. You're not, you're not going alone. Bob Wall paid his own way to go to Italy. Mm. And when he got there, Chuck sort of talked Bruce into giving him a part in the movie. So that's why he ended up being there. And he walked in and ended up being Colt's student. I think he's billed as Fred, but he calls him Bob because he says, Bob's my, Bob's my yeah. student. But I believe he's billed as Fred. He's, he's, he's credited as yeah. Fred. Yeah. Bob's my student. So and the Bob Bob beats or tries to beat up the Japanese. And then they end up Colt beats up the Japanese guy, if I'm not mistaken, in the in the office very quickly. Yes, he does. And then they get the final sort of lead up where Ho goes to the restaurant and lures Tang Lung and the staff out to the the dirt parking lot. And you end up with the first of Bob and the Japanese guy coming in. <laughs> and the, so let's let's go just, ahead. Go ahead. Let's because this is tremendously let, funny. Well, just let's just go for, for okay. You you go ahead because I was just going to say I want to hit some this, of these beats. This part where they drive into the parking lot, and you've got Uncle Wang, Jimmy, Tony, Tong Lung, and Ho. They drive into this dirt area out in the middle of nowhere. They get out of the car. Ho runs away. And you have Bob and the Japanese guy walking up in karate uniforms, looking threatening. And Uncle Wang goes, huh? he's gone. Hmm. Doesn't matter. We'll get him. Hey, this is a trick. They're trapping us. Hey, this is a trap. <laughs> yeah. It's the funniest shit I've ever seen. Fact- and it took him that long. All right. <laughs> So first of all, the fact that they cannot see that it's a trap because even he's like, 
when he first walks in, he's like, "Oh, happy new year, everyone! What exquisite decor!" Mm. Yeah. Hey, the boss feels really bad about what we did. Uh, but would we all get together tomorrow and be friends? And, and uncle and uncle's just like, "Yes, I think that's wonderful. I can see business getting better already." Oh, so exquisite! I'll meet you all tomorrow at the Emperor's restaurant, and then. They go to the restaurant, and he's like, "Sorry, the boss couldn't come. Some come to this. Something came up. Uh, but let's go get a meet him now. I have a car." And he goes, "Where are you taking us?" And Jimmy goes, "It doesn't matter. We'll go." And he goes, "Oh, very brave. Come with me." And I'm like, "Oh my god, this is totally a trap." So by the time they get to the old abandoned dirt road. And these guys are walking down, and Ho runs away, and he's like, hey, this is a trick. They're trapping us. Like, you're just like, no shit. Thanks for catching up, dickhead. I saw that coming three goddamn scenes ago. Uncle, you don't even deserve to own a restaurant if you can't see what's happening. Although we kind of get why he does this in a little bit here, why he does that. But let's get into let's get into Bob Wall and and the guy coming down the road because I love this. Um, and the way that it's done is so good because, you know, you've got, as as Ho says earlier, he goes, I know one European art martial artist and one Japanese martial artist. But, you know, if you want the best, you go to America for Colt. So these two guys are an absolute great setup and two great fights for Bruce before he goes to the Coliseum. I love the Bob Wall fight. I love the Bob Wall fight. This, okay, let's break it down because this is the shit. It's go ahead. the shit because... Bob Wall comes up, and first of all, uh, Tony's like, I'll go, and Tony goes up, and Bob Wall just laces him out with a, with a trip and punches the crap out of him. That's a wrap. Then, Tong Lung jumps in, and they sort of square off, and they size each other up, and there's a tremendous wide shot where you see both of them, and Bob Wall starts to move in, and Bruce uses the oblique kick on his front leg to stop him. Editor's note, it's actually a side kick to the chest. Not an oblique kick. That comes later with the Chuck Norris fight. And the several, several times, times. He does this in this and the movie. timing is so goddamn good. This is, I think, the first movie that I've ever seen use the oblique kick in the next fight with Chuck Norris. Later, coming up very soon to stop movement, and he does it so effectively. He does that. He does the the kick to Bob Wall's lead hand, where Bob Wall's leaving his right hand out as a jab. I think it's his right hand. Bruce sort of flick kicks his hand as he moves in. And then he does that real oh. quick double kick, the the stomach and face kick. No, but this is the thing that's so good about when Bruce fights Bob Wall. Like you said, Bob Wall's got his right hand forward. Bruce kicks his hand, yep. right? And Bob Wall shakes it. And he doesn't just tap oh, his no. hand. He fucking lifts that right in there right and then he kicks it a second time right and you're just like holy shit because he's legit making contact there right you've got two oh, yeah. real martial artists right so yeah so they they can make body contact um so he he laces that first one into his arm he laces a second one into his arm the third one the kick comes up and bob moves it because he doesn't want to get hit in that arm yep. again like this is all planned choreography yep. right and he moves it Bruce has got a mid kick coming up. And then when he moves it, he changes it mid kick into a head kick. Like that is amazing. I've watched that dozens. This of is times. my second like, favorite fight scene in the movie. So 
Yeah, and it's and it's like a one minute fight, dude. Like that's how good this film is. Like they're like, okay, let's put Bruce and Bob together. They, they it's like a one minute fight scene, and it's dope. It's it's choreographed well. But again, like we were saying before, this tells a story. It's like, boom, he kicks that lead hand. Boom, he kicks the lead hand again. He goes for the third kick. He moves it so it doesn't get kicked. And then he goes right up to a to a head kick. It's yeah, awesome. He's, he's setting, you can see it's him setting really, patterns. Really you can good. see him setting patterns um, and then breaking the pattern to end up hitting Bob Wall. Um, if you ever watch Robin Black's breakdowns on, on, on uh, Instagram, he would do a great breakdown of this fight because exactly the thing of setting patterns and then breaking them to hit your opponent. And the, you know, you mentioned before when real martial artists fight, you can set that wide shot and just let them go. And you see the skill, Mm. you see the skill and the timing and the work that's been put into those years of training. And you don't have to use shitty tricks of, you know, camera angles and, and quick cuts and all that bullshit. Just let the fight scene go. And if they're good, it's good. And this is one of the best of all time, even for how short it is. And when Bob Wall comes in and swings over the top and Bruce just drops into a quick double leg, lifts him up, boom, drop. This is maybe the first dick punch knockout I've ever seen. Yeah, and then kills him with a punch to the dick. (laughs) Like, he, he kills him. He's like, and now, and now that I've taken away your right arm because I kicked it. I'm now going to kill you with a bunch smash of smash you and your future prospect of a family. Yeah, it was it was awesome. And then the 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 best thing is they 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 zoom right over to his next Who's opponent. Who's fucking up the other two guys? He's knocking those two guys. And Bruce's forearms, Bruce's forearms are like oh, I know he's a skinny Popeye. dude, but his forearms are Popeyes. Like they're just massive. Like right after that fight with Bob Wall, he's walking he's all over yoked. and you can just see how big his yeah, his 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 forearms are just like monsters. And you get the Japanese guy dropping one of those guys, dropping the other guy, standing there, turning around, facing Bruce Lee, and giving the very classic line. His name Tang Long. <laughs> and then off they yes. go to the fight, and, man. <laughs> and there's like four people in the world that know this, but you remember I trained my dog to attack me. Oh yeah, <laughs> my dog Sandy, back in the nineties. Remember that? Like. <laughs> Sandy, <laughs> I'd be I'd be messing around, and I'd look at my dog Sandy, and I'd be like, "It's your name, Tang Long," and she knew that mean that we were gonna play, right? And then you'd go, ah, and, go and she'd ah, run at you. <laughs> you run at me. I remember she'd run and jump at you. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. I put her on one side of the yard. I'd say, "Hey, hey, watch this. Watch what I trained my dog to do." I'd set her on one side of the yard. I'd go to the other, and I and she would just sit there staring, waiting because she knew it was coming. I'd be like, "It's your name, Tang." Long, and she'd just stare, and I go, Rah! and she'd just charge. She would like literally jump up to my like fucking chest height to try to take me out. And you're like, you trained your dog to do the moves from Way of the Dragon? I did. It's the greatest did. thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and you, that must have taken a tremendous amount of time for like no payoff. Yeah, and yeah. everybody else that you showed that would be like, why would you do that? That's why would you do that? Yeah, exactly. That's the greatest I've ever seen, ever. <laughs> so they that fight actually wraps up fairly quickly because we just had the quick one. And I think at this point they want to push it and get to the Coliseum. So they kind of wrap up the Japanese fellas fight fairly quickly. And we end up going into the, yeah. the, the final sort of stretch of the movie here. And the final stretch is Uncle Wang, after Tung Lung runs off to the Coliseum, they flash, they cut over to Uncle Wang who kills Tony and Jimmy with the knife because we learn he wants to sell the restaurant. 
and go back home to uh, to China as a rich a rich business fella. I'm going to tell you, like the 11 year old version of me, when Uncle took oh, that knife out and stabbed dude. Tony and Jimmy, and he was standing over them and laughing, that disturbed me. Like I was, I was just like, "What?" Like, you know, I never thought in a million years that somebody who was a good guy could turn bad and like stab his nephews. And then I was afraid of my own uncles. It gives and shit. you trust issues, like, right? It was, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. And then like how they're dying and then it goes out of focus and he's just like, <laughs> I don't know why he did an evil laugh. But, you know, anyway, it was it was terrifying to me as a kid. But all right, this is it. We're at we the Coliseum. At the Coliseum. Break this shit down, man. Lung has to run around the Coliseum to sort of get uh, wherever Colt is. He sees him across the Coliseum in the window. Colt gives him that great thumbs up. No thumbs down. And a thumbs down. They run around. You get Ho yelling his, the man you just saw is going to kill you. <laughs> Taunting him. All the cheap shots around the Coliseum of Colt looking down at Bruce. And then they finally come into the actual fight arena where they they meet. And this is the set. But you can see it's, it's actually done very well. They frame it well. And you have a nice big open area where these two guys come in and they recognize each other as, okay, we have to fight. And they also recognize, all right, we're going to take five and warm up here. So they take their shit off, their tops, and warm up. Go ahead. This is great. Like, this whole thing is 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 poetry. Yeah. Like, at the very end, this last fight, it is just I, – I said at the very beginning, like, this is storytelling. Yeah. And he literally tells an incredible story here with no words because Colt and Tang Lung – Never speak. My, minus the cat going <laughs> to start the fight. I don't know cat. what happened to the cat, but that's that's the only one thing that I'd be like, eh, I'd probably redo that. Other than that, it's perfection. Yeah, because I'm like when you were saying Bruce Lee was going to dub every voice, they probably left the fucking cat in. <laughs> like Bruce Lee probably did. All right, we'll let him have the cat. Like, yeah, that's probably <laughs> Bruce, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, that's probably his voice. But, um, yeah, like when they get there, they both do their stretches. They both do their warm-ups. Uh, both of them look great. I mean, you know, Chuck's got that American hair yep. and super hairy chest. Uh, Bruce looks great when he's doing his stretches and he's popping his shoulder blades out yep. and stuff. Like, they're 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 getting set up for a gladiator battle in the Roman Coliseum. Life or death match. Uh, you know, they both know the stakes and they're both professionals and they're both getting ready for the yeah. match. And I like Bruce, when he was talking to Chuck Norris prior to this fight, he asked him, how much do you weigh right now? I don't know, like 160-ish. And Bruce said, put on 20 pounds, okay? And Chuck was like, what the, what are you talking about? It's like two, three months till filming or something. But Bruce's, <laughs> here's the thing. Bruce's argument was, I want Chuck to look bigger so that it's more intimidating when you see him and it's better as for me as a smaller guy to beat a bigger guy. It's more of a David Goliath thing. I think he also knew right. very, very well about aesthetics and image on screen. And he knew that he's, you know, shredded. And he didn't want Chuck to show up shredded too to upstage him. I think he wanted mm. Chuck to have a little yeah. bit of cushiony on him, right? Not that Chuck looked bad because well, he Chuck's didn't. wearing that little... No, 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 he didn't. But he's wearing that little elastic gut belt thing. So maybe Chuck did put the weight on. I, I don't know. I'm just talking about my That's ass true, here. too. Yeah. Um, but he is wearing that little elastic uh, belly yeah. thing. So maybe he threw on some weight and just put that on there to cover up his. Cover up a little bit of the pooch. Extra. 
extra yeah. LBs. So then they start off. Uh, they finally come up. They've got a little sweat going on. And you get them hit their stance. They start to come in ready. And you get that, you know, close up of the eyes, close up of the eyes, close up of the cat, close up of the eyes, close up of the eyes, close up of the, eyes, up of the cat. And then the fight starts. And it yeah. starts off very, as Bruce Lee intended, classical, sort of classical karate against classical, I guess, kung fu in his case. And very, mm -hmm. very stationary, very solid poses, very solid stances on the ground. Um, Chuck is sort of using his sport karate bounce back and forth. And initially, for the first half of this fight, they're going back and forth. They're using good wide shots. You can really see what's going on. And Chuck is getting the better of him. Chuck's hitting him with combinations. Chuck's putting it together and laying him out and, and hitting him in the face, man, and, and, and putting a beating on him. Yeah, they're both very... They're both very stiff, and I don't say that in like a negative negative way, but very very traditional martial arts, like you know, lockdown. Not necessarily practicing sparring, but you know, like when when you know you would dig down into a stance and you would practice your you know your solid seeking punches and stuff yep. like that. They're very uh, very traditional, uh, very slower uh movements and you're right yeah chuck definitely gets the upper hand knocks bruce down and that's when bruce gets up and you see bruce starting to do less of like a formal win chun style and more of what he was known for his jeet kundo yes. style and he's bouncing and moving and you can just it's almost like the progression of bruce lee's study of martial arts um, changing from what he originally learned to what he later developed for himself. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's what he intended with this fight scene is to show him, as he would say, trapped in the classical mess, right, of stuck on the floor, stationary stances, trying to defend with, you know, block, 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 punch, punch, punch. As mm -hmm. opposed to when Chuck drops him and gives him the, the, the shaking finger, no, 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 I got you. And Bruce stands up yeah. and sees Chuck bouncing. And then he starts to kind of shuffle his feet back and forth and start to bounce. And Chuck notices like, oh, he's changing. He's adapting. Yeah, because when Bruce starts Bruce starts changing, they show the kitten playing with a little, little ball, ball, right? Like yeah, the, cord you know, or something. Like, yeah, a little water, whatever Fluff he was wadding with. Because now, you know, Bruce Lee is an allegory for the, for the cat and the, you know, the cat's toying. And then that's when Chuck changes that, you know, rather rigid stance uh, he starts moving around, but Bruce is constantly moving his feet. Uh, Chuck goes to kick. He's, he's, he's stopping the kicks. You know, he's raising the knee doing crane blocks yep. and stuff. Then he does like those, those goddamn three kicks oh, to the head. So good. Um, just really, really, really good. And again, that's done on a wide shot and it's not edited. It's legit three kicks, which you just, you don't typically see in, later martial arts no films. not at a, not not outside of of honestly of like tie boxing where you're seeing guys practice on mm -hmm. pads and doing the pop 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 and it's it's so it's so yeah. fast it's so fast it's so good it's so accurate when he does like wheel kicks you know obviously you can't hit somebody with a wheel kick in a movie but like he knows the camera angle and the camera angle is such that when it, it goes across the guy's face and hits him and when they're doing the the striking there's a scene where um, you know, Chuck and he are tied up and they do a couple of blocks and then Bruce just pop, 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 pop and really quickly hits him to the chest mm. and, and face. Yeah. It's stunningly yeah, fast. Like straight down oh, the pipe. Stunningly fast. Yeah. Yeah. He really fast. And the funny thing is like when I was watching this again today, it did remind me of one other thing 
was um, an interview that I saw with Chuck Norris when they were talking about, because just to go back for a second, when they're doing this fight, like they, uh, the camera angles are such that you don't quite see the contact because you know like they they hide yeah. it but you know like they're not really hiding it if that's just makes behind sense. the shoulder of Trump, um, right like just enough yeah it looks it looks it looks like they're making like they're they're they're, they're firing it right down the yeah. tube and they're making contact but they're not sticking it like they're really trying but but they're making physical contact yeah. right you can see that they're that they're making contact. It's not like, okay, now I'm going to, now I'm going to fucking full speed kick you in the nuts, Chuck. Yeah. Like, you know, like they're, 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 they're making contact. And they were talking, I, I saw an interview with Chuck Norris talking about him doing lone wolf, lone wolf McQuaid yeah. with uh, David mm-hmm. Carradine. And he was saying like, cause Chuck's, Chuck's legit Hell too, yeah, right? Is. Like I've read Chuck's, Chuck's goddamn biography, the secret of inner strength. And he's talking about how he was trained um, in Korea and just how brutal it was. And when he was fighting with uh, David Carradine, he's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this fight scene. He goes, hit me in the body anywhere you want, as hard as you can. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, just don't hit my face. Right. He goes, you know, just, just don't hit my face, hit me in the body anywhere you want, as hard as you can. So like, that's a guy that, obviously is like a real martial artist who's who's taken a lot of contact who's taken a lot of hits who knows how to take a hit because that's a skill too and that's what i that's what i appreciate with this fight with he and bruce lee although they're not full-on okay i'm gonna hit you in the ribs with everything i got they are making contact to the body and it really makes the fight scene look a lot better even though it's not like haymakers uh the fact that they are uh, making contact makes this an excellent, excellent fight scene. Yeah. I mean, if you look back in the sixties, Chuck is a legit tournament fighter, full contact karate tournament fighters outside of Tony Tulliner's. I don't think anybody beat this dude more than once, if at all. Um, he's, he's a hundred percent legit, tough as nails, knows what he's doing. And it shows, it shows on screen. He knows how to punch. He knows how to control his stuff. He's, he's a hundred percent legit. So I was just going to say, like in his book, when he talks, he was like, you know, he, he'd be training in Korea and it'd be the middle of the winter and they would have all the doors and windows open. And like his training would be, you know, stand in a horse stance for two hours. Right. Fuck. And then yeah. for two hours. And then when he got out of his horse stance for two hours, he had to do a cat stance, uh, 45 minutes per leg, Jesus, like 45 really? minutes on his right leg. And then 45 minutes on a le- on his left leg. He's like, that was his workout one night. Like two hours in the horse stance, 45 minutes of cat stance, each leg. Then you can go home. Just but build it's that also slow the middle twitch of the muscle, winter. right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's also the middle of the winter and you're not moving around and building up a sweat. Uh, <laughs> you're just going to stand there in that position and we're going to open the fucking doors. And there, that's your training. When you take somebody like that, that actually went through that, um, that tank. So do training. Um, you know, you're, you're just like, okay, now, now fight a guy. He's like, yeah, shit, I'll fight somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah no problem. That's, that's easy. <laughs> that's easier than standing for the entire evening. What's he going to do? Kick me? Oh no. <laughs> anyway, I, I digress. I just wanted to just say how goddamn tough he's tough is. as nails. And then, and you see that actually here in the end of the fight scene, when Bruce ends up, he Chuck gets him up against the wall and Bruce does that upstrike to Chuck's elbow and breaks his arm. 
and then that down kick to break his leg. Yeah. And yeah. Chuck is standing there in that stance. He kind of backs him off, and Chuck gets up, and he's standing there sort of hobbly hobbling, trying to stand up and still fight, and Bruce knows the shit's over, but he does that. Chuck tries to do something. I forget what he tries to do. Some type of kick. But Bruce does that drop leg sweep and takes his legs out. Oh, yeah. Like, he, that's, that's it's legit. legit. And they tried to do that a bunch of times with sort of faking it and making Chuck, like, not take the hit and fall down. And they couldn't get it to look right. And Chuck eventually, I remember Chuck that. said, yeah, just, just do it. Just Fucking just that. do the sweep and really do it and take me down. Yeah. And that's the version that's in the film is where he punches and Bruce really does that shit and takes his leg out and sweeps him. That's a legit dude. Yeah. Where, where did I read that? Like I read that years like, ago, years decades and ago, years ago, that they were, that they were trying to do it. Yeah. And he, and, and Chuck basically said, yeah, just do it. Cause again, when I was doing my rewatch, like when it was the leg sweep, cause now that I'm old, right. I'm like, Oh my God. He's He's not going to work That's tomorrow. Some Hong Kong sounds right? like back problems now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just like, Oh no. And that really hurt like today but yeah he legit did that leg sweep and you can't fake no. that like you just you just don't fake that and like he obviously he's trained you can do a, a break fall but in that scene he does not really do a break his fall. arms <laughs> he you know just broke lands, quote unquote squaw. Oh. he goes squaw on his back and like chuck's it's it's a movie, so he's got bruises all over his back, but I fucking don't even know if that's makeup, because after that fall, his back is all purple, and I'm like, yeah, of course his back is purple. <laughs> probably after that fall. Yeah, that was legit. And then, again, he tries to get up, but he's it's the end of the rope now. This is the poetry part, right? Bruce is bouncing up and down and just kind of looking at him, and then Chuck's holding there with his busted arm and his busted leg. And Bruce just like slowly stops bouncing and just kind of takes a step back. And he's looking at him like, yeah, this is over. And Chuck is still trying to get up. And Bruce does not want to continue, but he has to because it's the code of the gladiators. And it's up to Chuck. It's up to Chuck. And if Chuck wants to keep going, Bruce has to keep going and no words are said, but you know exactly what's going on. Like Bruce is like, I have to continue this fight if he wants to continue this fight because he's the shit and I'm the shit and we're in the Roman Coliseum and this is how it ends. And you can see the look on Bruce's face. Like the acting here is, is very underrated. I think because the look on Bruce's face, you can see it when he looks down at Chuck's leg and like gives him that look like, you know, in his eyes, you can see him going he like, what are you doing? No. Like, we're done here. Stop, dude. Come yeah. on, man. He's, but the thing that's so beautiful is he shakes his head. No. And Chuck, Chuck smiles. Smirks. Yeah. And yeah, Chuck smiles because and Chuck knows that he's about to yeah. die. And Chuck knows that it's up to him. But he's like, no, no. this is like, my spot, this motherfucker. Is, this, this is, is it. Is, yeah, this is this is who I am. And I'm going to keep going. And that. Like, again, it's these micro expressions, yeah. but it's it's acting. And when Chuck comes in and Bruce just grabs him by the neck, the look on Bruce's face as he grabs that guillotine and lifts and you hear the crack. But Bruce isn't happy. Like, you can see it, it's it's crushing Bruce to have to do this, but he has to. He has to because this is the only way for the fight to end. But, like, we just did John yep. Wick, right? We just did John Wick, which has... 
obviously a ridiculously higher kill count than yep. this. And again, different film, different tone. And I'm not different saying time. that yep. one's superior to the other. But, you know, when we got to the very end where, you know, John is having his last fight. And I was like, yeah, he's an old man, but John was beat up. And, you know, like, it, it, it's fine. It just felt a little underwhelming in that particular film. But in this film, Tang Lung hasn't been going around killing anybody, right? Yeah. Like, he's let several people go throughout the film and he's just like you know he kicks the shit out of them he's like i'm warning you back yep. off and you know in this in this moment when he does kill chuck it has so much more weight because it really has like tony and jimmy are yep. dead but that was uncle but this is like tang lung killed this guy and it's obviously something he didn't want to do but as a warrior he did it and and then he goes and starts putting his uniform on. Here, you take over. Yeah, when when he he drops Chuck with the choke, and and lays him out, and then that that sort of very respectful going and getting of Chuck's gi top and belt, and kind of laying it over his mm -hmm. face and folding the belt and just kind of putting it. I didn't want to do that, but God damn it, like this is the life we have, I guess, and I had to. So fuck. Yeah, but and and even though like one is you know Chinese martial art and one's a Japanese, well, I mean Japanese in yep. in the film, Korean in in Chuck's life, but you know he goes and gets his Japanese gi because he when he he actually looks at the top of his kung fu uniform yep. and just kind of looks at it and then he looks over to where Chuck's gi top yep. is and you know it's he's like you know like very similar like he you know he and i were the same like we were both masters of our craft and you know he just gives him the respect and i think the fact that that death has so much more weight because it isn't a film filled with death and i think that a lot of movies today uh are, are trying to get like high body counts and high levels of violence but you become desensitized to that. So I think that, that I don't know, this moment was, I just still to this day, after seeing the movie many, many times, I still find that very, very touching and very emotional after, you know, an incredible kick-ass yeah. fight, you still have this beautiful, respectful piece. And I, I, I just yeah. love it. It's just this, it's, it's, it's what I love about the martial arts. It really is. I mean, without yeah. the death, obviously, but like that respectful nature between martial artists and you see it in the ufc now like we mentioned the ufc earlier and it's the age of mixed martial arts you'll see that nowadays of guys who will go in girls who will go in to the cage fight their asses off and as soon as that bell dings they hug each other and they're like fuck man that was awesome yeah. we got to do that shit again you're the man you're the girl whatever yeah. you see that respect yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what i really love about martial arts and bruce really i think understood that even back in the 70s and 60s and before, that this is what mm. it's about. It's about respect. It's about, you know, being there with your art, but competing honestly with people in the other arts. And he really lays that to rest mm -hmm. here with, with Chuck. Tremendous fight scene. Tremendous. Yeah, tremendous. Still my favorite, my favorite fight Of all scene. time. Of all of time. Of all time. Like, like it's still, I, 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 I said that like, 20 years ago i said that 30 years ago you know i said that two yeah. years ago um but once he lays that on there and then he then then he remembers you know he remembers everything that 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 led to that yeah. moment and he's like you bastard and he starts chasing after ho they go back to the ambush spot yeah to the ambush spot there yeah they go back there. to the ambush spot and he, the boss shows up and the boss shoots ho the boss shoots uncle wang and then the police show up when he's about to shoot Tang Lung 
but they arrest the boss. Chen is there with the police. They arrest the boss. And uh, Ah Quen takes Chen aside and says that in this world of guns and knives, wherever Dong Lung may go to, he will always travel on his own. Cut to credits. End of the movie. Yeah, this movie does end really quickly, yep. like right after the scene, like the boss shows up and shoots Ho for some reason. Hey, boss! <laughs> Boom! Like, oh, why? Why kill why, him? <laughs> why did you do that? He was on your side, at least. No reason to shoot that guy. Think if you were going to kill him, wait till Tang Lung is dead. At least you got him outnumbered with Uncle Ho and you. Like, maybe you got a chance. You got a gun. But then... Like Tang Lung is behind a fucking tree throwing his, his darts, darts and hitting the door. And he's he's legit 30 with yards away. With an audible away. thump and on I'm the like, door. Jesus. Like with these little wooden darts. Thump yeah. on the door. Like, Jesus, what are they yeah. made of lead? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you able to throw wood that far? Like, <laughs> but. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like that when, when he's back in the Coliseum and goes, you bastards. It's almost like he's yelling at the audience to be like... <laughs> damn it, we have to wrap the rest of this up. Like, it should have ended right here. But we got to tie this loose end up. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I, I never thought about this before, but isn't the Coliseum, like, downtown? Oh, yeah, it's way the hell away. Yeah, so you don't, like, run out of the Coliseum and just, like, end up You're in, in the countryside on a dirt road. Dirt road. <laughs> dirt road. Before the boss just happens to be driving down at that moment and just, just starts shooting. All right. Yeah, I'm sure. sure that countryside was in China, in Hong Kong somewhere. So pretty yeah, far exactly. away. <laughs> you know. Yo, bastard. <laughs> and yeah. Th- yeah, that that wraps up the movie, bro. So the end of uh, Way of the Dragon, goddamn classic. One of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, it it is a classic, and I I don't I don't know if we handled this one like in the kind of format that we usually kind of go, just because we were kind of all over the place because there's so much going on yeah. in this film, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's still, you know, it's still, I think one of the best martial arts films ever made, despite, you know, a lot, you know, that a lot of people don't like that opening 30 minutes cause it's, you know, it's not martial arts, but I appreciate what he's doing and building up Tang Lung as a yeah, character. Yeah, man, you got to take that time and set it up and it's, you know, it's, it's a victim of its time. I mean, you can't look back at a movie from the forties with the people going, yeah, I say, yeah, what are you going to do over there? Copper, come on in here. Nobody talks like that. You know what I mean? Like you got to put it in its time and place. Nobody talked like that. That's then, what it, I right? Think, nobody but, <laughs> nobody yeah, talks like that at all. Exactly. They only, <laughs> they only did that in films. <laughs> so you got to put it in its proper context and look at it yeah. as a, as a, as a feature of its time. And, when you do that, it really does stand out as being top, top of the food chain, martial arts. But I mean, you know, you, you look at uh, Linda Lee Caldwell, yep. and when she is talking about, you know, his later, later in life and, and his films, and the people that would be lined up, she would, when she describes it, she's, she's talking about people lined up down the street for blocks and blocks and they kept running these movies back to back like 24 hours a day like boom next show boom and people would people would wait to see the show and the fucking show might run three four times while you were waiting in line to to see see it it. so it's just it's just a testament to it and yeah we've got some great films today like we really do but like People were like, oh, I'm just going to wait here in line to see the Bruce Lee film 
I'll probably see it tomorrow. I'm just going to fucking stand here like an <laughs> asshole and slowly and slowly lumber down the street and wait the wait the 10 hours for this thing to run five times so I can get yeah. it and see it. So, you know, people crave that. And there's a thing that he does in this film a little bit, but he always, always is an underdog, which he is very much in yes. this film. Like, you know, he's always the underdog. It's always like, you know, sick men of Asia mm-hmm. and, you know, you're the wrong color and, you know, Chinese versus Japanese. But the Chinese people, he was such a hero to them because he was just like, you know, like, you know, no one's going to look down at you like this is have some know, pride in, in the face right? of racism. Have some pride. And, you know, you always feel good watching a Bruce Lee. Yeah, film. he got a, he got into the, the zeitgeist of Chinese Chinese people at the time. And man, nothing shows that more than, you know, Chinese connection when he said we're not the sick men of Asia. Like the the cultural impact of that line by itself from that movie is off the goddamn chart. And then the 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 film capital that he got from that to then go and make this like think about think. Yeah, but but I'm white. And when he said we're not the sick men of Asia, I cheered and I was like, yeah, that's right. We're not. Imagine if you're Chinese in 72. Yeah, it doesn't even apply to me. But yes, I'm down. Yeah, I I cheered. So think about a budget of one hundred and thirty thousand. And then worldwide, this movie made one hundred and thirty million, which adjusted for the growth, adjusted for for currency. Now, that's like seven hundred million dollars of today's money. Like it's one of the most profitable movies of all time. And a, a big part of that is that that wrap up of, first of all, Chinese culture. But then just it's it, he's Rocky before Rocky. You know, you want to yeah. you want to root for him. You want him yeah. to win. You want him to whoop all that ass. And then he does. So it's it's 100 mm. percent. And I know we're running long, but it's a Bruce Lee movie. There's some of these classic movies that are going to go longer. Oh, shit, we are. I'm no, sorry, it's good. Yeah. We're going to run long sorry, on some dude. of these because that's, you know, it is what it is. If it runs long, it runs long because. Bruce Lee movies in particular, we're going to run long because we're going to talk. That's just life in general. Mm. Um, So very quickly to go through the categories. uh, Okay. Soundtrack. eh, Like three out of five, 2.53. I'm going to give it two and a half, even though there's, there's one or two moments where the soundtrack is dope is just on fire. Uh, Most of the time it's just annoying background music and you know, Sorry, but no, it it's true. And like you said, a couple me. times there's it really fires it up and gets you going. But most of the time, it's just forgettable acting. You know what, dude? It's OK for the time. I'd give it like three and a half. Honestly, other than a couple people in the background, you know, you got to You got to cut some slack on the background people. But <laughs> if we're talking if we're talking about um, if we're talking about Bruce and even Tony and Jimmy and all those guys, Nora meow. Like, she's good, really good. Yeah, really good. Uh, there's a couple that really wreck it, and I think it's mostly the yeah, thugs yeah. <laughs> that wreck it. But at the same time, we can't really judge this category because all of the all of the voices are That's dubbed. That's true, too, yeah. So that really takes away from the performances. Yeah. So I would probably give it a three yeah. with, a, with a variable of one in either direction just based Fair. on that. And then martial arts, dude, I can't go less than five. Five out of five. It's it's got to be, be five. This is the standard. It's got to be five. The it's it's like that fucking Chuck Norris scene was incredible. But honestly, Jesus, midway through the movie, they could have had a Bob Wall fight scene that was almost as good because yeah. that that little one minute 
scene that he has with Bob Wall. It doesn't have the emotional impact and stuff like that, but it is solid. It is a really good fight scene uh, in and of itself. Oh, man. The, the first alley fight scene, the second alley fight scene, the Bob Wall scene, the Chuck Norris scene. Like, the only two that really that I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, they're okay, is the office fight scene and the one against the Japanese guy. And, like, even those are good. Yeah. Like, they'd be good fight scenes in yeah. any other movie. But the two yeah, exactly. alleys and the and the and the Bob Wall and the Chuck Norris are are so far above everything else you're even going to see even today. It's got to be five out of five. Yeah, it has to be. There, there's no other. There's no other no. number. Like you just you just can't because like this like just kind of set the standard and just raised the bar for martial arts films. And I don't know. It's like it's good. And again, all the stuff that I said before about the emotional aspects of it, about the storytelling aspects, the poetry it's it's perfection yeah. like it's just telling it just his jikundo story in it yeah man so that in a, in a fight. fight without words god damn jesus <laughs> yeah so yeah man that ties uh way of the dragon up in a nice little 1972 bow so that's wrapping that up to lead into next week yeah i'm gonna make a request uh can we do on the next one can we do the last dragon with barry by barry oh, gordy pulling an audible i like it i like it let's yeah. do that yeah the last dragon. I just want to do it because we're going from Bruce Lee to Bruce Leroy. That's true. Bruce. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's change it. We'll pull an audible next week. I forget what, what year that was. We'll look it up. I'm going to say, what are you going to guess for the year for that? Do you have to guess or do you know? I'm guessing 85, but I 80, know because I'm, I'm good. good. I'm going to go 86 just to be different and a contrarian. <laughs> so next week, look it up. I'm sure you can rent it on iTunes. The last dragon starring Timac. On you have offended this podcast.